And so in this moment, you know, we're honouring mothers today and Mark has also been bringing a message of honour in recent weeks and we're outworking that through our community groups and basically the seven ways that honour can be seen in your life. So with that being said, I've actually prepared a message for today that is going to be talking about honouring the Word of God. Amen. Honouring the Word of God, because it doesn't matter where you are in the journey, with a mother, without a mother, with all the things that I just mentioned earlier, when we honour the Word of God, the Word of God will actually work for us. Amen? So that's what I want to share today. You know, in the first, when Mark first spoke about this honouring, um, he mentioned what lack of honour will do and what basically honour will do in your life. And we saw how in Mark 6, verses 1 to 6, we saw what lack of honour did in the people's lives. Lack of honour. So Jesus was walking around and he was wanting to heal. He was wanting to bless. He was wanting to do what he was called to do. And he was called to, to basically heal and set people free. All manner of, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to actually do God's will and to make a difference in people's lives. But in this particular environment that he found himself in on that day, when we read it in Mark 6, he found himself with people that he knew and who knew him. And although he spoke wisdom that astounded them, because that's what the scripture says, that they were like, where on earth did Jesus get his wisdom from? Because is he not just Joseph's son? Is he not the brother of so-and-so and so-and-so? And so because they were familiar with him, they actually then got offended with what he was saying. And then as they got offended, they made a decision to not receive from him. And it says that God could, Jesus could do very few things there because he was not honoured. So we can see what lack of honour does. Lack of honour, which means taking someone for granted. Honour means to value, to respect, to hold in high esteem. And they did none of that. And as a result, they could not receive. But what's really sad, they as individuals couldn't receive. But then what it meant, it meant that others around them also could not receive. But then we go on into Luke, into Luke, let me turn the page because I can't remember. Luke 7, verses 1 to 10. We go into Luke 7, verses 1 to 10, and we see a man, a Roman centurion, who honoured Jesus. And in verse 7, it actually says that he honoured Jesus so much that he didn't even deem himself as worthy to come and ask Jesus to come to his home and heal his servant. But that's literally what Jesus was doing. He was on his way to pray for the centurion servant for healing because he was sick and dying. And then he got a message from the centurion's friend saying, you do not need to come to my home. You just need to say the word and my servant will be healed. And what we see as we continue to read in, in that moment, the servant was actually healed. He was healed and Jesus was amazed. But this time he was amazed because of this man's belief. He said he had not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Well, with the first crew, he was amazed because of their unbelief. And I actually pray in the name of Jesus that we will be a church, Hillsong Berlin, that actually amazed Jesus because of our belief, because of our faith in Him, because of our desire to know what He says and then actually acts on it. 
That's what I pray, that we will actually, you know, He wants Berlin to actually receive salvation. He wants the people in your world to know Him. He wants something to be done in Prague and Warsaw. This is what He wants. And I believe that, you know, He he wants it more than we want it, you know. But if we can just align ourselves with Him, wouldn't it be amazing if Jesus in heaven nudging Jesus at God and saying, oh my gosh, they are amazing. They're amazing. They're holding on to truth. They're holding on to it. They're holding on. They're not letting go. They're holding so tightly onto the truth, onto my word. Amen. So I think we can safely surmise from both these accounts that one cannot receive from someone that one does not honour. And also that we can receive from those we honour. And that's why I actually want to talk about you and I honouring the Word of God. You know, in the next generation is very much something that is close to my heart. And we have got a prayer meeting. We meet For those of you who used to join on Friday and want to join on Thursday, just let me know because we have a prayer meeting at 11 o'clock on a Thursday. A few of us gather. And one of the things that has been reoccurring in this prayer meeting when we've been praying is that the next generation will have a hunger and a thirst for the Word of God. Amen. Because we are such a resourced generation, but alas, we are also probably the most distracted generation. I say we, I'm classing myself in the next generation. Okay, that's a little bit, that's a little bit, that's just not acceptable. I I don't think I'm going to wing that one today. But in any case, that is what we are praying, that they will have our hunger and thirst. And what I did yesterday, I just literally, as I was preparing, finishing preparing the message, I actually got up and I thought, I'm just going to go and gather my Bibles. These are pretty much my Bibles. And this is not Mark's Bibles. These are just, actually, this one was Mark's father's Bible that was given to him as a little boy in the Salvation Army in the UK. But these Bibles, the Message Bible, the Children's Bible, my parents gave me this when I was 10 years old. And yes, I know it should be in the antique shop now, but it's not, it is here. This is a message Bible that was given to us at Colour Conference. How many of you girls came to Colour and Sisterhood? Not many, but we got a Bible, a beautiful Bible. But this one here is my father's Bible. My beautiful father who passed away 10 years ago. This is his Bible. And I loved it when I just opened it up and saw his scribbles along. Oh my gosh, there's a picture of Isaac, my boy, on there when he was little. And he scribbled and things that he wrote in his Bible. It was just beautiful, you know. And then this was my mother's Bible that Leela took when, when um, and look at it, how worn it was. It was well used. It was well used. And you know what? These Bibles are old. I mean, this one here is a Jesus Bible where you literally discover who Jesus is in every book of the Bible. It's beautiful. All these precious Bibles that are just mine in my home. And I was looking at them going, oh my gosh, do I honour? Do I continue to honour? Or has this, have I started to take this for granted, the fact that I have so many jolly Bibles in my home? Is that something I'm taking for granted? And I just like had this moment where I was like, no, I'm so thankful. Because it costs people's lives to get this Bible into our hands. People dedicated their whole lives to this. Martin Luther dedicated his life to this. So many people have dedicated, and it reminded me of something that I had seen some years ago of people in a communist country who had had a, a box full of Bibles had arrived. 
And literally they ran as the box was open. They ran. They ran to the box. They got the Bibles with such, oh my gosh, such um, value. They held them close to their chest. They cried. They praised God. They were on their knees because they had received a Bible. They'd received the Word of God. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus that we won't take this for granted, but that we will, I will personally continue to honour this and what this represents in my life. Like a Bible from my father, a Bible from my mother. What does that represent in my life? It represents so much. It represents the goodness of God. It represents His faithfulness. It represents His steadfastness. Amen? Just in my own personal life. And it's through this book, the inspired Word of God, that you and I get to know where we have come from. We get to know where we are going. We get to know how to walk this journey and how to get there. We get to know who we are in Christ Jesus on this journey. We get to know what our inheritance is and how to lay hold of it so that it can be a reality in our lives. And the fact of the matter is, it is practical. It is super, super practical. And I'm going to spend some of this message at the end really going through some of the practicalities of how we can actually apply the Word of God to our lives. And the thing about this, this precious, precious book, is that it is truth. It is truth. And that's what I want to share. I want to share a couple of things on the Word of God. You see, John 8 verse 32 tells us that we will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we've been talking about chains falling. We've been singing about the power of Jesus' name. But I'm telling you now, this is it too. It all comes out. All those songs come out from here. They come out from the Word of God. This is the truth that will set you free, but you need to know the truth. If you don't know it, you won't know how to apply it, you will not be able to be set free. It's the truth that you know that will set you free. Amen? And I think we've just got to have a little bit of a wake-up call in 2023. Are we going to be prepared to do what is needed to actually get the truth out of here and into our hearts? Amen? Amen? So this is, I just want to share a few things about the Word of God. And I'm already, or normally quite, um, I always forget points. And I go back to the AV team. I'm really sorry I forgot points. And they're like, well, we think this will be a good one or whatever. But today I came up with points. And the thing is, I did the notes and they went, oh, that's a good one. That's good. And guess how many points there are. points. Well, there you go. Who would have thought? So let's go. Let's go for it. See belts on. Let's do this. Number one, time in the Word is time spent with Jesus. How many of you, if you'd woken up this morning and there was a text and it said, would love to have breakfast, lunch or dinner, you decide with you, love Jesus. How many of you would have replied straight away and said, yes, I would love to. I'd love to have breakfast, lunch and dinner with you if you've got the time. The fact of the matter is, my dears, we can do that because time spent in the Word with your cup of tea or coffee in the morning is time spent with Jesus. Amazing. John 1 verses 1 to 2 and verse 14 says, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God and the Word was God Himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. Verse 14. 
And the Word, Christ, became flesh and lived among us and we actually saw His glory. Glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, the Son who is truly unique, the only one of His kind, who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. Oh my days. Isn't that amazing? And that is who we spend time with when we will make a choice and a decision to pick up the Word of God, open it, and read. Amen? That's point one. Point two, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through God's Word. John 14 verse 26 says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of all that I said to you. Amen? You know, when we take the time to open the Word of God and just have this moment and invite the Holy Spirit in, there will be a scripture that you can read and some scriptures for me that I have read year after year after year and yet I get something fresh and new from it. Isn't that miraculous? But that's because... As old as these Bibles are, the Word of God that is written in it is not old. It is very much relevant today. It's very much alive today. And the Holy Spirit himself can reveal truth to each and every one of us. And, you know, I loved it because in my dad's Bible, when I opened it yesterday, I actually had a little weepy moment because I thought, oh, this is so precious. But when I opened it, the first page, like... His writing was really bad. We used to say to him he should have been a doctor because nobody could read his writing. And this is what it says on the first page. He'd written it in his almost illegible handwriting. It said, where the word of God is central, he wrote, the spirit of God will be at the center. Shall I read that again? Could it be your one thing from my dear father? Where the word of God is central the Spirit of God will be at the center. How beautiful is that? The Spirit of God himself will reveal truth to you when you actually make a decision to open the Word of God. What is it you need to hear from the Spirit of God? What is it that only he can speak to your heart right now? Would you, would you place yourself in an environment? Would you make a decision to actually do and apply what he's asking us to do and apply because it's for our betterment, always for our betterment. Number three, God's word is a nourishment to our spirit and soul. Proverbs 4 verse 20 to 22 says, my son, I like to, in one version it says, my friends, my son, my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Don't let them out of your spirit. Never stop thinking about them. These words are the secret of life and health to all who discover them. In Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus answered, he said, when he was in the the wilderness and being tempted, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus was in the wilderness. He had fasted for 40 days, so hey-ho, he was definitely hungry. He was tired, he was weary, he was being taunted by the enemy. And every time he was tempted and taunted, what did he do? He came back to the enemy with, it is written. He knew the Word of God. He knew the Word of God. He was the Word of God. He knew it. It was rooted. It was implanted. It was his DNA. And that is what he fought off the enemy with, the Word of God. It wasn't with his feelings. It wasn't with the facts. It was with the Word of God. It was with the Word of God. And it's the same for you and I today. How we feel based on what we've experienced is a reality. We're not denying that. Faith is not denial. We are not denying that. You know, uh, yeah, I've got some, some stories to tell of people who are in this room right now that they could be feeling this way right now. The facts are this, they're feeling this way, but you know what? Their faith has been stirred and they're here. They're here praising and worshipping. They're not living by the feelings and the facts. They're living by faith, amen? And God's word, God's word is nourishment. Jesus was physically hungry, but his spirit got fed through the word of God in this moment. Amen. And you know, we can see in the world in which we live right now, you know, the fact of the matter is there is enough food in the world to go around. So why is it that so many people are starving and dying of malnutrition? But I sometimes wonder if God looks down on us and wonders why we are starving. Why are we starving? Why are we living off just one meal a week at church on Sunday? I could not live on one meal a week. I can't live off one meal a day. So God's word is nourishment to our spirit. And so does your spirit and soul need nourishment? Yes, all the jolly time. We can get it from the word of God. Amen. Number four, the word is alive and active. I love this scripture. I love this scripture. It's Hebrews 4 verse 12. The first part of it in the Amplified says, For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. Oh my gosh, isn't that awesome? That is just amazing. Like our lives should be lives full of power. We should be working efficiently and be energized through the word of God. You know, when we get weary, we've been encouraging the Word of God to come into His presence because in His presence, there is fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is our strength. So what do we do when we're weary? You know, like, I know, so I put the praise and worship on because I know if I've got praise and worship on and I'm singing my little heart out, I know that His presence is going to come. I know I'm going to experience His joy and I know I'm going to get up strengthened. Amen? Amen? So this is, His Word is alive and active. It is very real and it can sort things out in your life today. Amen? Amen? Number four, oh, I could go on, this, on, on that one scripture for ages, but we're going to go to point five because I know you all want lunch because I've been talking about the wilderness and hunger and Jesus and things. So. But number five, our faith is developed through the Word. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And the fact of the matter is that without faith, it's actually impossible to please God. This is what it says in Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, no one can please God. Whoever comes to God must believe that He is real and that He rewards those who sincerely try to find Him. To me, sincerely trying to find someone actually, to me, denotes honor. 
like this centurion came, he was sincerely wanting Jesus to come and heal his, his servant. He was sincere and diligent in having Jesus found and being his servant being healed, which speaks of honour. This speaks to, of honour to me. And then we're being told that without faith, we can't please God. So which, what do we want to do here? What kind of lives do we want to live? What kind of life do you want to live? What kind of life do I want to live? You see, faith pleases God, not because he's an egotistical, you know, spirit up there, but because when we have faith, we set ourselves on the path of living the way he intended for us to live and living in the inheritance he paid a great price for us to actually have. Amen? Faith comes as we develop. Faith is developed through the word. Amen? Number six. God's Word will transform us from the inside out. He wants us to bring glory to Him. Romans 12 verse 2, for the noisy ones in the corner on my left, says, oh, so noisy, so noisy. Romans 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, which is what we do when we focus on His Word. We focus on godly values so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in His plan and purpose for you. Oh my days, the Bible is the blueprint for our lives. Amen? And you know, the fact of the matter is that for those of us who've made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, which Mark already said was like the, the greatest defining decision he ever made. He said that in this service, didn't he? Yeah, it was this service, last service. It's only two services. I shouldn't be confused. I should not be confused. But that is the greatest decision we could ever make, giving our lives to Jesus Christ. But can I tell you, for those of us who have done that, the next most important thing we need to do is actually renew our minds. Renew our minds to the Word of God. It is our assignment. Amen. Because it's got, it's got such transformative power when we change our natural thoughts to His spiritual thoughts and allow the Holy Spirit to transform us, developing and maturing as we set our minds, set our minds, just like we set our alarm clock to get out of bed. We need to set our minds on God's values, His Word and His truth. Amen. It's only when we do this, in all honesty, it will only be when we do this that we can access the provision and the inheritance that God has for our lives. That's a pretty big one, hey? Because I just want to say, wrong thinking separates us from our Heavenly Father's provision. Wrong thinking separates us from our Heavenly Father's provision. So if we want to obtain what He has provided for us, we need to start thinking like He thinks. Job 20 verse 2 says, Therefore my troubled thoughts make me turn back because of my inner turmoil. My troubled thoughts make me turn back. Your troubled thoughts will make you turn back. And it will bring inner turmoil. You know, this Friday night, I don't know where this came from. It just came out of the blue. But basically, Mark had been in Poland. He came back. All was good. It was all peaceful and calm. And, you know, Mark had actually gone to bed. He was tired. He'd gone to bed. And I was just finishing up. And then suddenly in here, there was just this feeling. 
How many of you would know what I mean? You just get this feeling it was about a certain situation. It was just uneasy. And I actually couldn't really understand exactly what it was about, but I was just uneasy. And so I just, I could have just gone with what that I thought that uneasiness was about, which was starting to take me down a little path. But I remember what it says in Philippians 4 and verses 6 to 7 in the message translation, which it literally basically says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. You see, thoughts are like trains. They will take you somewhere. I've been on the wrong train before in the opposite direction. I know none of you find that, you know, you're like, yeah, of course you have choice. None of you are surprised by me doing that. But I've been on a train in the wrong direction. Instead of going to Manchester, I was going up to Scotland. So, you know, so in any case, with a massive big suitcase, so it wasn't quite, I could quickly hop off. But, you know, I had the option on Friday evening to go down a path that was not going to be good for me. I had an option to go down a path that would just make me more and more uneasy. But you know what I started to do? I started to pray. I started to pray in the Holy Spirit because I didn't know exactly what to pray. And when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you pray the perfect will of God. And I needed His perfect will. I needed Him to speak. So I started to pray and pray. And then when it settled, when it settled and there was an ease, I actually knew that whatever I needed to do, I had done. And I got myself off to bed. Amen. I got myself off to bed. And you see, that's applying the Word of God. That was me in that moment. I could have done this, but I remembered Philippians 4. I did this, and He honored His Word, and He came and He settled me down. Amen. And that's what He wants to do for you as well. You know, I love this scripture, James 1 verse 21. It says, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word, which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. How amazing. The Word of God will save our souls. Our souls, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. You know, how we think affects how we feel, and how we feel actually affects what we decide to do. And he is saying that the implanted Word of God, rooted and grounded in you, receive it and welcome it. Honor it in your life. Amen. I do believe if we keep putting the Word into our hearts and our minds, it will come up and out of us when needed. Amen? When all of you squeezed your toothpaste this morning, did toothpaste come out of it? Of course, because it was in it. You would have been really shocked if chocolate came out of it. What is in us? What will we put? What will we make a decision to put in us? So when we're squeezed... What will come up and out of us is the Word of God. Amen. It will cut the name of Jesus when we're in difficult situations will come up and out of us. And the seventh thing, God's perspective is found in His Word. Colossians 3, 2 says to set your mind on things above, not on things below. In the message, it says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. 
Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. And then it goes on to say, look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Amen. So there's seven things, and there's many more, but there's seven things about the Word of God that I've shared with you there. And as I bring this to a close, I want to just get really, really practical. Because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to bring the Word of God, and then we're supposed to apply it. So part of our role when we share here is to be practical. So you're ready for some practicals? Mother practical here. First thing, you do not have to understand the whole Bible to receive from it. Take that pressure off you reading from Genesis to Revelations in a year. I mean, if you do, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you. That's just marvelous. Like, it really is wonderful if you can do that. But you don't have to do it that way. And you don't have to understand Genesis all the way through to Revelations to be able to receive what you need right now for this season. Amen? It's not legalistic. The, The Bible here is so that we can get to know Jesus and we can get to know His will and His intention. The other thing is there is never a good time to start. I don't know if any of you have noticed there's never been a good time to start exercising or going on a diet. The 1st of January is definitely off the cards. There's never, you're never gonna find the right time to start. Tomorrow never comes. That's why it's called tomorrow. So don't look at the months and the years that maybe you have not been diligent. Why don't we actually just press reset for now and go, as of today, I'm actually going to read a scripture. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't read one, in, in, you know, you read one one day and, and you don't read it again for another few days, there's no condemnation here. I'm just trying to get all of us started on this because, to be honest, I feel like we are a Bible illiterate generation and we've got to change that. Amen. We've got to turn that around. Why don't you buddy up with a friend or join a community group? And make room in your life. Block it out. You know, I get way more things done when I don't just do a to-do list, but I do that list and then I block time out in my diary. That is how I get things done. If I just do the to-do list, it's never going to get done or some of the things are never going to get done. But if I block it out in my diary and then I'm going to do it, that day is when this is going to happen. Well, why don't you do that? It's practical. Make room in your life. Amen. And ask yourself, ask yourself today, what area of your life do you need to invite God into? Because he's knocking. He's like, I'm here, I can help. I'm here, I can help. Don't be stubborn, don't be proud, I can help. What area of your life do you need to invite God into? And you know, our welcome home team and our prayer team, and even in kids' church, we've actually got a whole load of scriptures that you can pray. And I'm just going to ask the team to put it up on the screen. Like we've got a lot of different subjects, but we've just put six up for here now. But we've got, we've got all the scriptures you need for relationships, for mental health, for studies. And then the next one on joy and healing, wisdom. And we've got more. We've actually got them available. If you need that, you can ask the Welcome Home team. If you've got kids up in Kids Church, the Kids Church have got all of these as well. Because the scriptures are going to help you. Because then when you pray the scriptures over your life, there's a book here that I, it's not a Bible, it's the only book here that's not a Bible. But this book here is Praying Scriptures for Your Adult Children. 
Seriously, this goes everywhere with me. Even when I go to visit them, I was there for my daughter's birthday in March and on, on, by my bed, she's, she laughed. She said, Mum, that book goes with you everywhere. This lady has actually done one for children, for teenagers, and now I'm at adult children. This, because at the back of every chapter is about 10 scriptures and I put their names in and I prayed over them. And I will do, I will pray over my children to the day I die. Amen. I'll pray God's word over them. Amen. That's my commitment to them and to feed them every now and again. So practically, let's find out his truth concerning our situations. And then let's apply it. Just like I did so simply on Friday night, where I felt this and I started to pray. He honored his word and his spirit came and settled my heart. We can't apply what we don't know. So the first thing we need to do is get his perspective from his word. And then we need to guard the word of God. You know, what I'm speaking and sharing today, I can tell you right now that the enemy will come to snatch it away from you immediately. Or the cares and anxieties will come and distract you from this. We see that in the parable of the sower in Mark 4. But guard it. Guard the truth. Guard it with your life. Amen. And one way to guard the truth is to actually meditate on the Scriptures. And just to repeat them. So instead of going through from Genesis to Revelations, just get one or three scriptures that you repeat, you repeat, you repeat, you repeat. You know, my dear mother taught me how to do this when I was just 10 years old and gave, she, when they gave, her and dad gave me this Bible. And basically the beginning of it, because as you can see, Jesus is the shepherd lamb here. And so she actually taught me. She taught me how to meditate on the Word of God using Psalm 23 and only using the first five words. She sat me down and said, this is how you meditate on the Bible. She said, you take a scripture. So we're going to take Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is what she said. And I'm going to pass it on to you, like my mama passed it on to me. She said, the, it's a capital T, the one and only. There is no one like him, the Lord. And she started to talk about what Lord means, how he's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one who died, who rose again, who conquered hell, death and the grave, the Lord. That's my Lord. And then she said, is, is, is present tense. So she said, whenever you read this in the future, it will still be as relevant then as it is now. And you know, I held onto this scripture when my mother passed away in 2020 during the pandemic. We weren't able to be with her. She got, she didn't even have a funeral. She just got put into the ground because of the because of COVID. But I held onto this. The Lord is, and in that moment, is was so present. My, and she said, it's personal, Joyce. He is your shepherd, your unique shepherd. And then she said, shepherd, what does a shepherd do? Joyce sounds like, well, he looks after the lambs. And she said, yes, and it also brings correction. And she took, had a little glee of naughtiness in her eye when she said that. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. That's what my mother did. And showed, that's how she showed me how to meditate. And I want to encourage you, get one scripture. Seriously, if we held onto just one scripture for this next week and read it and meditated on it like I just have shown you how to do, it will actually start to do a beautiful work in us. Amen. The next thing is to speak the truth out. This activates what we believe and it starts the process when we speak truth 
out. Be purposeful about speaking His truth and praying His words over our lives, which is why we need the Scriptures you're believing God for. Because it doesn't work to have one thing in your heart and another thing coming out of your mouth. It just does not work. That is not faith. Because our words are powerful and creative. You know, Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love its use will eat its fruit. So what use are you given? Because if it's negativity, we will bear negative fruit. If it's God's word, we will start to bear the truth of his word. Amen. 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 So as I conclude this, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you and I, we will hunger and thirst for truth. We will be a people known for honoring the Word of God, applying it to our lives, and that we will see as we honor His Word, God will see to it that He too will honor His Word and accomplish all that He set and planned for each and every one of us, not just as individuals, but what He wants to do here in Berlin, what He wants to do in Prague, and what He wants to do in Warsaw. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Amen.